0: Welcome to the Dream, Create, and Joy podcast. This podcast is an extension of Renaissance. We're a new grassroots church movement getting off the ground in the Boston metro area with a humble vision to empower everyday people, dreamers, creators, and enjoyers of life to showcase the beauty of Christ in our city. Every episode, we'll talk about themes related to that vision and what it means to be the church in our unique cultural moment. To find out more about us, head to wearenaissance.org. In the meantime, we're glad you're tuning in. Enjoy the episode. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Dream Create Enjoy podcast. My name is Drew. I'm one of your hosts, and I'm joined by my co host. Uh, my name is Jay. And it's been a little while since you've heard from us. I think it's actually been several months since we recorded our last episode. And this is, in fact, a special episode uh, where we're going to be talking a little bit about COVID and um, some of the ways it's impacting us and it's impacting Renaissance. Uh, But we actually are going to be getting back into this. You know, we're coming at you via Zoom. You know, we're going to be recording a lot more of our episodes this way. We're actually excited this next week we have a special guest who's going to be joining us and helping us finish out season one of the podcast uh, and talk about the second part of Enjoy that we've kind of left hanging up until this point. But we really felt like it was important for us to stop and have kind of a special episode in light of everything that's going on um, and just be asking some of the questions that maybe uh, you've been asking. Uh, Is Renaissance still at the same things? I mean, we've been uh, dialoguing about some pretty big concepts and some pretty big paradigm shifts throughout this first season. Uh, Are those still true in light of the virus or is everything different? And so we're going to tackle some of that. Uh, I don't think we're going to conquer the world or anything. We're not posturing ourselves as experts in in any way, but we just wanted to give an update and talk through some of those things. Uh, But before we do, uh, we just wanted to talk first a little bit about giving some personal updates and just talking about what life looks like in each of our households in the midst of all of this. And so, Jace, maybe why don't you go first? Uh, How's your family doing right now? What does life look like in the
1: Rashi household? Uh, We're doing well. Life right now looks pretty same every day, as most of you listening probably (laughs) will attest to. Um, So we've got a... Uh, Emerson turns two this week, and so she's entering that stage. Her language is taken off, seems like during this uh, pandemic. Uh, so we got that going on, and but she's been really fun to just be with all day. And then uh, Katie is 37 weeks pregnant, and so we're just waiting for baby boy, baby Rashi number two. So that that'll be happening any day now. And then, uh, yeah, other than that, life. Years looked pretty uh, pretty low key. Lots of puzzles. I think we've accomplished nine thousand piece puzzles so far since this whole thing started. So you know, that's about the only thing that's changed is we've done more puzzles uh, and we've seen less people. That's that's pretty much it. But yeah, it's been pretty uneventful.
0: So I have to ask: Are you like tearing those puzzles apart when you're done? Like, what's the strategy when you put together that Uh, big of a puzzle?
1: you You see, no. When I finish something, I want to show people that it's finished. And so I glue the puzzles together and then, um, I figured out, I got, I get like foam board and I cut foam board to the size of the puzzle and then i glue it on and I just put them all in my basement. Cause there's my wife won't let me hang them up. Anywhere. I was going to say, you know, I really hope Katie stays around because when
0: I hear you say things like that, I just imagine, <laughs> I remember this old guy when I was, uh, my parents were friends with him that had like, Puzzles on the wall frame, train sets, like collected all these like obscure items. You know, oh, yeah. I'm sure you've ran into some of those people before. That and I just imagine oh, old crazy Jace <laughs> having these sorts of things. So it kind of scares me. So hopefully Katie can be your voice of reason and stick around. Oh
1: yeah, I'm scared to think of what I would do if I wasn't married. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it would not be a good fight. Uh, but yeah, that, that's too. What fun. about you? What would have uh, what does this look like for you? You got a, the newborn in the mix. Yeah.
0: I mean, I've been kidding around that we've had government mandated paternity leave for me. So, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's a lot of uh, long nights. You know, yeah, we have an almost three year old Annie, um, you know, what, 11 week old now, almost 11 week old Dottie. So two girls. And so, yeah, it's been fun. Great to spend extra time with them. But, yeah, I think it's exhausting um, being here in the city you know, back when we had more like suburban life, you know, when I I see people Mm. complaining about being quarantined on like two acres, and it's like, you don't realize how great you have it. Like, (laughs) no, you have have no idea. Yeah, we have no yard, we really don't have a patio. um, So it's pretty hard to uh, enjoy much life. But we've really made the best of it and kept our sanity. um, You know, in the midst of it all, I've been on a lot of zoom calls for work, uh, just -hmm. checking in on people and connecting with people. And I'm, exhausted of zoom and i'm i'm an extrovert so i am just i'm ready to go on like a hug spree man i just i miss people
1: i know it took it took me a while but i i miss people too man that's just it's been been a long time you know there's only so many things on your to-do list that you just never have time to get to and you can only do so many of those things (laughs) during quarantine now it's like gosh okay i'm ready to start living life again so
0: Yep. I would agree. Well, another question real quickly, you know, uh, personal wise, and I think this one's maybe uh, something more that our listeners can connect with. What's been the biggest spiritual lesson you've been learning in this season? Like as you've uh, tackled COVID.
1: Yeah, I think it's been, I think it's been really interesting. Um, You know, I, I, I have to like chuckle a little bit at all the people that just want to run and automatically give reasons to why this is happening or did God allow this or whatnot. You know, I'm not gonna go into any of that. But I think for me personally, and it, and I think in our in a large part in our society in general, I think it's just exposed a lot of stuff. Um it's exposed a lot of stuff in me personally, but I think it's exposed a lot of stuff in our country. Uh and this isn't meant to be political, but I think you can just see the health the healthcare system and the disparities that are happening. You know, I think we as a country are going to have to, you know, figure out how we move forward. I think it's exposed a lot of those things. And so I think similarly, it's exposed a lot of things to me personally. Um, you know, those things that you say, oh, I just don't have enough time for. And now the world's been put on pause and you have all the time in the world. And now I'm still not doing them. And so then it's more of like, okay, well, why, why, why aren't I, you know, it's kind of like brought to to the forefront, some of those issues and, I think anytime the world pauses like this and it kind of makes you reevaluate things and we remember and reflect. I mean, look at it with sports, right? Everyone's watching the MJ doc and you know, everyone's kind of looking back and reflecting. And I think we're doing that personally as well, but I think it's just been really good to like, you know, it's brought some of those things that the business of life kind of, you know, dulls or makes it to where you can just ignore uh, and a, lot, a lot of those things you can't ignore right now. And so I don't think there's any one in particular for me. I think it's just, it's just been a lot of just exposing those kind of, a lot of exposure of things in my life that I never knew were issues before Uh, the quarantine. But now with not being able to do anything and not being able to just hide it under the busyness label, a lot of those things have been brought to the forefront. So that would be not nothing one in particular, but I think that's just the general theme. I think it's just things being exposed that I didn't know were there. What about you? Yeah, I
0: think I resonate with what you're saying a lot. I think there's a lot of wisdom in that, and I I appreciate what you're getting at. I think that's totally true. Um, you know how often we we excuse stuff, and then we have to look back and say, "Well, wait a second. You know, my excuses are you know, are really uh, pretty weak." Uh, for me, you know, I'm a I'm a pretty big go getter, and you know, I obviously would say, you know, I try to prioritize uh, being in the Word and prayer and um, I would say I, I prioritize spiritual disciplines. I would say it's this season has really shown me how I don't do as well in those areas as I would like to think. And in particular, that I'm not very good at reflection um, and, and really quiet. So I, I, I would say that this season has exposed that so much of my spiritual life um, is re, you know reliant upon activity. And so being able to move, be able to do lots of things, even be able to say, I'm doing a lot of things for God. um, Right. Asked over the fact that I'm not very, you know, I'm not very good at stopping, reflecting, even seeing where God is already moving, celebrating that, lamenting hard things, um, being quiet and and listening prayer more and allowing the spirit to speak. Those are areas that uh, this, this, um, quarantine the stay at home has exposed as I've had more space for those things I've not been able to move and be as active as I typically am mm-hmm. um, you know it's, it's really shown some some weakness there in those areas I'm sure a lot of our listeners can probably resonate with that as well yeah. um, you know and so yeah I think it's been for me even I would say I, I I'm pretty good at like just putting my head down and going and going and going And I would even say there's some areas in my life just looking back and saying you know, I thought I was okay. Um, and I because I just hunkered down and got through that difficulty. And when I've now been caught like forced to pause and take a deep breath, mm-hmm. even realizing like, man, I maybe I wasn't as okay as I thought I was. And maybe yeah. I needed more people around me, or maybe I needed to to take a bigger deep breath back then. And by God's grace I've gotten through it. But was I as healthy as I should have been? Probably not. Mm-hmm. So I think this has really forced me to start asking some deep questions about um, having more space for reflection and quiet. The other thing I would say I'm learning is, and we're going to actually probably be talking about this in a moment is how important other people are to my spiritual journey. Um, yeah. I am not in this by myself and um, I, we've had taste of it and I'm excited. I'm still thankful for our micro church and uh, those around me that have been able to speak into me spiritually but man i am missing being face to face shoulder to shoulder doing life with people um, you know in the way that i think god has designed mm-hmm. us to because there is something that is so important for my spiritual journey that uh, takes place there so excited for
1: i for think that. everyone could everyone feels that right like i would i would think everyone listening to this i think everyone would just be is just got to be feeling that right now like you know when you're when that's removed from you you realize how important it is to you and i think this is one of those things for sure like just you know when now when you're at the grocery store or somewhere random and you see someone it's like oh my gosh this is the best ever yes you know it's for before i was like walking the the way so i didn't have to talk to you at the grocery store now it's like yes please like i need this human interaction and yeah so true yeah so good Well, we're actually
0: going to talk, it's a great segue. We're actually going to be talking a lot more about that and about that theme Uh, right after our break. We're going to be breaking down and talking a little bit more about um, the virus, about the pandemic. Where's Renaissance fit into all that? What is the, what's our hope for the church? What are our hope for believers? Um, So yeah, yeah. Stick with us. And uh, yeah, we're going to dive right into those themes right after the break. Well, we're back. And yes, we are turning the corner. We've been giving some personal updates. Now talk a little bit about Renaissance and about the pandemic. And I think, Jace, you're probably the best person to start us off talking about that. You listen to dozens and dozens of podcasts. You are our resident uh, coronavirus expert. And you no know, more information about it, like uh, I've been so overwhelmed with the news. I've just stopped, like every few days I'll jump on, but I've just stopped taking in that much news. And so you are my news source. So I actually think you should be the person to start us off. You know, what do you think, does COVID impact micro churches uh, that we've been talking about? Does it impact us living missionally, uh, being rooted where God already right. has us, et cetera, in your mind?
1: Uh, the short answer is no. Um, but the longer answer is yeah, I feel like those commercials where the you know the guy would do something smart and he'd say, I stayed at a Holiday Inn Express last night. That's kind of, I, I feel like I'm bringing that level of expertise. I've, <laughs> I've listened to a lot, but I wouldn't take anything that I say is, as gold. But I think, I th- you know, I'm not going to try and predict the, where the world's going to go, but I don't think it changes anything in in terms of, I think we've all, like we said, we've all realized that we need human connection and we're going to continue doing that in the future. Do I think that, people are going to be really nervous to be in large groups again probably and probably for a while you know uh, you know there's ranges from people that are saying hey we'll get the vaccine and next year we'll be back to normal all the way to this could be like HIV and it's just we have to learn to live with it you know you know it could fall anywhere in between so i think you know there's that and then there's also you know if you look back in history after 911 whatever what happened like everyone started security was a huge thing, airports completely changed, but even all across the country, you know, you know, gated communities or security systems to get into places or, you know, having locks. And I think, you know, probably to somewhat similar degree, we're gonna see that in terms of clean, cleanliness everywhere we go, uh, and people are gonna be much more cognizant, people are, masks are gonna become more prevalent, people are going to, um, you know, Just naturally stay away. If you have a cough, I think hopefully this will change our culture to where if we're sick, people actually stay home and not (laughs) go to work or whatever. I you know, there's gonna be a lot of those changes culturally that I think are going to happen where we're just gonna be way more cognizant of things that we touch and how close we are and big groups of people to things. And so um so in some ways, I think everything that we've been talking about up until this point has a microchurch is even more important because I think, you know, what we're saying is where we live, work and play. And we've said that from the beginning and we've talked about this dream, create and enjoy framework, but really that, you know, where we live, work and play is really gonna be the main areas interact with people. There's not gonna be, I think people are gonna kind of tighten up. We, you know, we need that interaction, but it's gonna be smaller groups of people. And it's, and it's you know, it's going to allow us, I think in some ways, to do the things that we've been talking about even better um, in those smaller groups. And so how does it affect, you know, living missionally? I think it's just going to, there's going to be more emphasis around where we live and our neighbors. Um, Cause I think work is probably going to change uh, and the play is probably going to change too. Right. You know, we're not going to, you know, sporting sporting events and big concerts are going to be different, you know, even if they do come back, it's just going to be different in the future. And so, So I think it's 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 different in a lot of ways, but in a lot of ways, I think it even magnifies the need for us to enter in, um, you know, to be mobile, to be able to go where people are, um, to be able to have relationships with people. You know, I I can't foresee at least where we live here in the greater Boston area. I think people are going to be. We were already talking about how people aren't just going to show up at your church. Well now they're definitely not going to if there's a virus and there's a bunch of people there and so i think we're just going to have to think about things differently now we're kind of forcing our hand as a larger global church so you know there's all kinds of things but you know like i said i'm not an expert i've just listened to a lot of experts and i think that the one thing that i've learned through this whole thing is that the more that i've learned it's kind of similar to my uh my christian faith the more that i learn about it the more i realize people just we don't know we're not going to know <laughs> you just can't know everything and so anyone that tells you they know exactly how this is going to play out or what's going to happen or is they're just you know they're just lying to you so
0: but, yeah it almost sounds like on a quick pace you've gone through what is the what is it the Dunning-Kruger effect where <laughs> you get a little bit of information and you get introduced to it and you think you're an expert right away and then there's yep. that like it shoots up on the on the chart or the graph and then you go the more you learn you shoot all the way back down oh yeah and yep. then the further on you, it starts to just slowly trend up again, but not quite to the ever to the same level initially. So yeah, I think it's very easy to ride right away with new information and say, Oh, I've got it all figured out. And then the more you explore it to be like, wait a second, this is way more complex than I ever dreamed. Um, yeah, I'm with you and you know, I kind of go back and forth. I mean, I think there's some things that, yes, I think your nine 11 illustration is great. Um, I think there are gonna be some huge components of our lives that are gonna change. There's others that I think are probably, we're probably overstating, you know, the new normal phrase is probably getting vastly overutilized. I think Andy Crouch, um, I think I saw him writing about how after the 1918 Spanish flu uh, pandemic, what what followed that was the the roaring 20s, you know? So pretty quickly people just went back and actually maybe even magnified the things that they Mm -hmm. really wanted to do. And so I think there's going to be a lot of that in our culture that I think, uh, you know, author Tim Keller and former minister at Redeemer talked about that in 9-11, that there was this surge of people showing up to church. And then pretty quickly, people just kind of went back to like, you know, after the shock was over. I think there's probably a lot of that that's, that's going to happen. But I do think what you're saying, there are going to be a lot of subtle changes that we, you know, that might, life genuinely might go back to uh, what it was before in some senses, but there's going to be some things that uh, are going to more subtly change who we are. And I do think the embrace of technology is something uh, already. I was reading an article in psychology today uh, by an actually a non-believer that was talking about how Western culture and America in general is already suffering from a lack of touch. We're one of the, the societies. one of the cultures, if you look historically, that touches least each other, like embracing each Uh other, physical touch and being around each other is something we need. It's something we've been designed for. And this was a non-believer saying this and was saying that linking it to the, the rise in depression and isolation, you know, there's been a lot of studies that have shown that it's upward of like an elderly people and upwards of like a 30% mortality rate and people who aren't being physically touched by others. We need that. I think what te- what technology is great as, yes, we've been able to check in with one another, but my fear is, is on the other side of this, that we're going to be more increasingly individualistic and isolated because of what technology mm-hmm. provides us. And I think the church then, instead of swimming in that stream and saying, how do we just join that culturally and be content producers um, embracing a wholesale adoption of te- technology? I think we're going to have to swim upstream. We go stream, you know, against the, the current, so to speak. And that's where micro churches and living missionally is saying like, Hey, we're going to have to like lean in and, and, find ways to connect with our neighbors, connect with our Absolutely. coworkers, connect with people in our, in our cities and, and invite people into community, I think hospitality is going to be more needed than it's ever been needed before because mm-hmm. people so desperately need people. And I think the church has always been like at its best when we've been tapping into that need, this God given need that we have inside of us. And so, yes, I I'm with you. I think this is, this is something that we we desperately need to continue to lean into. Um, and I think our pod the, previous podcast episodes are even more important in life oh
1: yeah i i think if anything it's i think more people you know i think the one thing that this has done regardless of where how people respond to it is that it's it's disrupted our going through the motions and people people are asking themselves wait like what is church right people that have gone to church every sunday whatever they're now they're what is church well i can't go anymore and I think no matter where you are, no matter what you've been doing, you kind of had to reevaluate. Your life's been disrupted so much to where, okay, what is, what is important to me? What does it mean to be the church? What does it mean to follow Jesus? What does this mean to, no matter where you are, even if you're not a churchgoer, this has disrupting your life and you know, going out of this, you're gonna do things differently. I think it's going to change people on an individual level, no matter what. And I think as the church, like you were saying, like, I think, I think we have an opportunity because pe- people are going to be craving that, but they're not going to be coming to us like we've been saying from the beginning. And so even more so now we need people to live missionally and to go out and to be interacting with people because people are craving that right now. And you know what better time to just come along and be a friend and be a neighbor and, and get to know and build human connections and, and, in a genuine way, you know, when we all now can realize like, yeah, this is really important. Kind of reset our perspectives in a lot of ways, and I think you know it's one of the things that we were trying to talk about with this with this, in this podcast so far is some of those big things and how we want to see the church move. And I think it's the opportunity is even greater now for everything that we've been saying. Um, and, I th- and I think that it's just going to continue to be so. And I think that you know if anything, we're just doubling down on basically everything we said so far, and that we need to continue. We need more people to be dreaming of new expressions of church, right? We need more people to be creating. We need more people to be using their lives where they live, work and play to reach others. And and especially now, you know, after coming out of the midst of this pandemic, we need people to just enjoy the Christian life and enjoy what that means even in the midst of, you know, even in the midst of lamenting and even in the midst of the terrible tragedy in our world. And so I think more than ever, this is i I think it was ringing true before, but I think more than ever it resonates and um and I think everyone that's that's been going to church and asking themselves those questions you know I think they're going to be thinking about a lot of the things that we've been talking about and asking themselves the same questions and so
0: yeah, I think that's great well and honestly, kind of what you're even talking about i i've just i think I've even seen it um you know just a little taste i do i am hopeful because I have seen a lot of people being good neighbors and like
1: rediscovering
0: their neighborhood and people around them. My hope is that that continues and that's not just a a coronavirus thing, but a new lifestyle, but it is so simple. What you were even talking about is I I was just even reminded um, was a week ago, maybe a little bit longer. We we just loaded up a cooler full of ice cream and Mm -hmm. we we drove around the neighborhood and uh, kind of, we played ice cream music from our car and we handed out free ice cream and just seeing like how much hope and joy something so simple brought people mm-hmm. and the connection um, I've been inspired a lot there's a a group called Good City Company out of London Ontario that talks they use the phrase micro neighborliness and just talks about like all these little moments of being a great neighbor and how that's really the way to change uh, our cities and the world is not you know always these big overarching um, concepts or ideas, but a lot of times it's just right. pounded interest of small things. If we could get more of that happening, and I think hopefully people are going to mm-hmm. get a taste of it during coronavirus, I think that's all it begins to take for God to use us in dramatic and amazing ways uh, to change lives and to begin to bring his hope to the world. So you kind of uh, touched on this. I want to kind of turn the corner and be specific because it is sounding like we're doubling down on this whole thing in light of COVID, which is great what's your hope for Christians? You, you dabbled with this a little bit. What's your biggest hope for Christians moving forward? Like if you had to say right now, here's my prayer, and my hope for Christians moving forward in, in Waltham and greater Boston around the, you know, the United States, what are you hoping for?
1: I, I really think, I think that's a great question. I think my biggest hope right now is that this has disrupted people enough to where they are starting to ask those questions like instead of just going through the motions that, you know, what does it mean to follow Jesus? What does it mean to go to church? You know, is it, is it really just about showing up in a place and getting a, you know, singing some songs and getting a sermon and then going home? Or is it about the relationships and the community and those things? Is it about like what we've been talking about all along, the priesthood of all believers and just this idea that like, we're all called to go out and reach and, you know, use what God has given us and what better evidence of that, is there than now. And we can't do anything else other than that. Like that's, that's all that is left. And so I think that's my biggest hope and dream is that we, you know, you know, they, they joke around in politics that never let a crisis go to waste. (laughs) Uh, But I would say, I would, I would think that that's that's the same thing is true for the church. That's my prayer is that we wouldn't let this moment in time pass without kind of re-examining my, my hope and dream is that we wouldn't go back to the way things were. Is that we would would take this time and to realize what is at the essence? Like you were saying, we need spiritual community. We need it, and just showing up and sitting down somewhere and listening to something, you know. And that, especially now, after every church seems like they they figured out how to do online pretty quick. So now there's no need to go to a building, right? You can just get your content from there. So what is it? What does it mean to be the church? And my hope and dream is that we would rally around this idea that it, that it means to be a spiritual family. That means we all have a part to play. And that people would really lean in, like you were saying, that micro-neighborliness, just that to be the church where they live, work, and play, that would be my dream, is that we would stop going through the motions um, and start following this guy named Jesus and living where he has us and see the potential that we have, no matter where we are, no matter what our job is, to impact those around us. That would be my hope and dream.
0: No, I think that's awesome. Yeah, I would say I I resonate with that because I feel very similarly, You know, I had a buddy recently kind of make the joke. He was like, what is going on that a lot of the churches I'm seeing are having better production value than like the night show, like the, like the Tonight Show or Mm -hmm. the Late Late Show. (laughs) And it's so true. They're like filming in their homes via Zoom and churches are like in these like high-end studios, you know, producing incredible content. Yeah, I think that's the deal. Well, and and I would even argue what's the point, if we can just get, if it's just about consuming great content, there is always going to be people who are producing better content than, your, than mm-hmm. anybody in your immediate area, probably. And so why not just splice together the greatest hits, so to speak, from across the country right. and let, you know, have Hillsong worship and Louis Giglio speaking for you and, you know, Need to Breathe does the special music. I mean, it's like, you know, <laughs> if I could just do that, what's, what's the point? Um, And yes, I I would say that's my hope too, that people start to say, hey, um, I I need more than just content. Uh, Content is good. It's not that we still learn by getting new information, but new information in of itself is greatly uh, overrated. Uh, James K. Smith Mm -hmm. in his book, You Are What You Love, hammers that home that we're not just brains on sticks. And if it was just about getting new information, We've talked about this in the podcast before, right? America would be heaven on earth. Uh, We've got more information at our disposal and more content at our disposal than we've ever had. And yet fewer and fewer people are living in the way of Jesus. And it's, so it needs to impact our habits. It needs to impact our lifestyle. And I think that starts, yes, by committing ourselves to a group of people that we, yes, I think it's through making and keeping promises, uh, giving and receiving gifts, going through good and bad, Um, spiritual family is messy. It's not always perfect, but God Mm -hmm. seems to do something in us when we commit ourselves to other believers, where we begin to learn the Christian life in a way that we can never, if it's just concepts on a chalkboard, Um, Or if it's just points on a PowerPoint presentation, we need each other to actually put this into practice. And then our hope would be as we begin to master those concepts in the midst of community, they would spill over into our everyday life, to our neighbors, to our coworkers, to our friends, because it's become such a lifestyle change for us. Um, I'm practicing the fruits of the spirit or I'm seeing them modeled with somebody who has them in a way that I don't. Mm -hmm. And the more that that becomes a part of my everyday life, it just spills over.
1: Right. Well, and Jesus said, you know, you know, what did Jesus say? He said, they will know that you're my disciples by the way you love one another. Well, if we're just sitting and taking information, we're not actually exercising that we're not actually loving one another. And like, let's be honest. Some people are hard to love. And in the midst of that is where the, the growth happens. You know, that's, that's where people are like, wow, that person is really annoying, but you are loving them regardless of that. Like that's, That's that, you know, it's, it's those kind of things where when Jesus say, that's how they'll know that you're my disciples is by the way you love one another. That implies you can't do that if you're not in relationship with one another. And I think that that's the thing that we have been preaching since day one on this podcast and what we're trying to do with Renaissance. But I think even more now, that's just one of those things that's been exposed through the midst of this pandemic that we really need to lean into. And, and that's where, you know, iron sharpens iron. So one man sharpens another. Well, that implies relationship as well. You know, that, but I think that that's the key for us. And like, like you said, I think that's my hope and my dream is just that that we can really lean into that and, and create those spiritual family, those acts, you know, acts two and acts five, those kind of spiritual families that are really just there for one another, carrying each other's burdens. You know, and we have seen that in the midst of this pandemic and it's been really awesome. And I yes. think it's, you know, and that's that's another one of those things we were talking about earlier. Remembering and reflecting, you know, it's it's almost like we forgot that that was the most important thing, you know. And we see people caring for their neighbors and you know carrying each other's burdens and helping each other out. And it's like, yeah, this is how it was supposed to be. And some somewhere along the lines, we just got caught up in you know the hamster wheel, and now it's, the hamster wheel stopped, and we can actually see that again. So I I, I hope that we don't just get back on the wheel. <laughs> mm-hmm. I hope that we really lean into doing relationships with one another and, and, I,
0: and I think what you're touching on though is and you know I, we don't want to be too idealistic with this you know we're really this podcast is really uh, primarily for us at renaissance and our spiritual family but what's your right. biggest hope for the church moving forward because really honestly some of what you're talking about is the church changing the way it's thinking and not just uh, individual believers changing what they're thinking. It's really a very systemic paradigm shifting thing. So let's, let's end with that question. What's your hope for the church, uh, moving forward?
1: Ah, that's a good question. Um, my hope is that we would, that we would be Jesus, the the priesthood of all believers. I think that's really my hope is that people wouldn't feel like they need permission that we can just all go and, and be the hands and feet of Christ and to interact with one another and to love one another. I think that, you know, that's, that's my hope for the church out of all this and the people is that we, you know, that's, that's our main focus and that's, that's what we're working on. What about you?
0: Yeah, I would say, you know, one of the things that has been on my mind a lot and what I think it started to impact my prayer time and a lot of the conversations. I actually get to have a lot of conversations with ministers across the country, which is really cool. And a lot of them are asking the questions we're, we're asking, which is really exciting to me. And a lot of people are, are, you know, reevaluating things. So I have, I have big hope. And you know, and honestly, we say this all the time: the church is beautiful. Not everybody's going to do the exact same thing we're doing. While there's a lot of negative press out there, I am thankful for. So there's so many great leaders out there that are doing great things and loving on people in unique ways. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I kind of touched on it earlier. I, I just hope that churches don't settle for being content producers. And I think we have gotten in this mindset. I, I don't know where it started. I mean, I've got. Theories, but you know, where we decided that we could shortchange the discipleship process—that mm. if we were attractional enough, if we were awesome enough, if our preaching was it was great enough, if our worship was was trendy enough, uh, you know, if all of our processes—if we—if we fly around the country and find out what other people are doing, that we can somehow find the next thing and somehow shortchange right. the, the discipleship process. And I think what post Christianity is already introducing, and hopefully this is COVID, is just going to be another, um, you know, another death to some of that. Is just a reminder to us that the way Jesus did it is still the way that we're supposed to do it, and mm-hmm. we can try to we can try to expedite that process all we want. You know, this was a guy who spent three years with the disciples. You know, I'm reminded all the time. You know, in Matthew 28, right before the the Great Commission that we quote all the time in churches. Some of them saw Jesus in, in the res, resurrected flesh, and it says, and some still doubt it. Uh, these were the guys that he had spent three years with. Um, it gives me okay. a lot of hope that he would poured three years into them, and some of them were still like, I'm not sure about this whole thing. Uh, there is really only yeah. one way to do it, and it is just one, it's one-on-one or in small huddles m- living and following Jesus. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ uh, let's, let's just chase after Jesus. Let's, let's follow his footsteps and invite people to come do it with us. And I don't think there's any way to, to speed that up, uh, any way to, to quicken the pace of that. It's, uh, it's just going to take taking our time, loving on people where we're at, where God already has us and trusting him to do what we can't do with our, our slick methods. And hopefully, uh, that becomes yep. the defining mark for the church even here in America moving forward.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'll amend my answer and say I, I really like that the the discipleship, the focus on discipleship. And I think it I think it's tied together because, you know, it takes the priesthood of all believers, it takes everyone saying, seeing themselves as being discipled and discipling someone else. You know, it's that Paul example, follow me as I follow the example of Christ. I think that's that's really my hope and dream is that we would dig deep in this next season of the church that wouldn't just be about consuming content or, you know, surrounding ourselves with, you know, Christian people, we would really dig in deep, dig deep roots and really, uh, kind of set the groundwork in our relationships and with each other and our relationship with God.
0: Well, that's it for this episode of dream, create, enjoy. We hope you feel challenged and inspired While we welcome any listeners, this podcast is really for those in the Boston metro area. If that's you and you want to know more about us or want to connect to what's going on, check us out at
1: WeAreRenaissance.com.